Welcome to TV Talk, the podcast about television, over at thewordprint.com. Welcome to TV Talk episode 16. This episode's on Jessica Jones part 2. Uh, I'm your host Christian, and with me again is uh, Jen. What's up? And Nicole. Hello, hello. So overall, how did we feel about this series? Because I wasn't the biggest fan of it, personally. But So I'll we should you... say that uh, this podcast is definitely going to have spoilers, because there's no way that I'm going to be able to discuss the things that happened in the third season without spoiling things. Oh, no, so... at this point, there's, there, yeah, this is all spoilers, because, yeah, we're just wrapping up the whole series, basically. Yeah, so if you guys were looking for, like, a spoiler-free review of the whole series, this is not that. Either go and watch the show, or... You know, not care about spoilers. But um, for me, I think once I got to the last couple of episodes, I liked it more than I did in the beginning. But I still just... I, I Actually, I think I liked season three more than I liked season two. Blasphemy, but okay. Uh, what, why? No, I'm, I'm just... I just oh, this oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize I, you had such strong feelings about season two, considering <laughs> we agreed that we didn't even remember what happened in season two when we recorded <laughs> part one of this podcast. In my defense, I didn't remember what happened in season three when we started recording this podcast two minutes ago. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, all right, so here's the thing. I wasn't, I just wasn't the biggest fan of, uh, of their decisions, I think from episode like seven onward. And like I wanted, I just wanted to see it wrap for uh, season three, which I don't think I've ever had that experience with Jessica Jones before, or any of the Marvel shows, really. Okay, you just you just wanted like you wanted a clean ending. Is that what you're saying? I guess so. Yeah, because um, this one left it very open. Um, basically, I wasn't a fan of the Trish uh, ending. With uh, no, with I her. hated the Trish ending. Yeah, I hated. I hated how hollow the Trish ending felt. And, like, I like the idea of what they were trying to do with Trish. I thought that there was a solid story behind that. Behind the, um, I, I'm the good guy who knows better than, than you. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and it's one that's kind of common in marvel i mean like you think of combining trish with eric and his abilities to sense if somebody is evil or not that's basically the plot of civil war 2 and captain marvel taking this character who is able to predict the future and whoever that character predicts to be evil captain marvel basically imprisons and and it becomes this thing like okay um, are you convicting someone on their potential? And that's kind of what Jessica Jones touches on here with Trish. Like, instead of going through the due process 
the judicial system. She kind of takes it into her own hands, but she loses control. Like, she wants to help. She wants to be good. And she gets in over her head and doesn't know her own strength, doesn't doesn't recognize her own demons, right? And so, and it's kind of similar to Jessica from season one, where Jessica has all these demons and they play a huge part in how she handles all of the bad shit going on around her. Kilgrave has impacted her, uh, the trauma, the PTSD surrounding him. And so with Trish, especially once she gets to that point where she loses her mother to Killinger. Uh, uh, Salinger. Salinger, sorry. <laughs> Killinger. Whoops. Killinger would be a great villain of uh, Kilgrave <laughs> and Salinger combined. Killinger, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, no, I was the Killinger's from Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's Killmonger. Killmonger. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I am out nerding Jen tonight. I know. I'm so tired, you guys. Um, Me too. I think all of us are, so this podcast is mm-hmm. going to be very silly, listeners. Um, um, well, thank goodness Christian is here to catch me on my shit. Um, <laughs> so, Salinger, um, after he kills Dorothy, uh, Trish's mom, uh, Trish has that you know kind of trauma that's that's dictating her every move, and it's the thing that pushes her over the edge with trying to be a good person. And instead of admitting that she has this problem, she just continues doing what she's doing. And then it leads her down this path where she's emboldened by, you know, Eric saying that the world feels better. Um, All right, let's be honest. Eric was, like, orgasming every time they killed one of these bad guys. I was just like, dude... He's an awful, <laughs> awful character. I did not like him. I did not see his appeal. I have no idea why Jessica would like him. I have no idea why Jessica would trust him. Um, the well, fact that the he basically, I don't want to say tricks, the way that he basically entices Trish to do these things, and then she does them but goes too far, and suddenly he's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Why are you this being is- evil? <laughs> as but like, he's like getting off on it you know right and so it it felt weird to me that jessica put him in this good light at least until the end um yeah but i mean like even at the end though she she still no she still she still trusted him because she connected him with costas yeah but then she's oh that's true yeah that's a good point so, like, she expected him to carry on Keep her doing, mantle yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Right. So, like, yeah. and he's he's somebody who's been guilty of blackmail and using his powers for evil in his own way to survive. And so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, Trish went too far, but how many people has Eric hurt using his abilities? What things has he done? but the links that she went to to protect him, Trish wasn't afforded that. It's just, it's one of those things that just really bugs me. And I think that with the way that it ended with Trish and it feeling so negative that she's... The villain. Put, yeah, she's, she's the villain, but she's, you know, she's put into jail and um, she's put onto the raft. Yeah, and, and she's like, I'm the bad guy. 
Are we the baddies? <laughs> um, and so, and then just leaving it at that. And then to leave it at that and have Jessica end the show the way that she does, where she's just like, no, wait, I can't stop being a good person and fighting crime. I can't just run off and run away. I have to fix this. It's my job to fix this. And then kind of like that like weird smirk thing that she does. Like I half expected with the way that the show ended for them to start playing uh, the song from Breakfast Club. You know, don't you <laughs> Do forget, forget about me. Forget about me. Yeah. And so like it's just it felt the ending felt off and wrong which is weird because i think i talked about it in the last podcast that like the showrunner this was her choice like on how she wanted to end things and, and finish everyone's arcs um as for trisha's storyline what threw me off about that because i'm an all heart in, in agreement agreement with you um but for me it, it didn't feel like a dramatic beat to me it felt like a comedy and i think that was the problem because when Trish is going out there doing these things, I think she's just accidentally killing people. Yeah. Like, there's no intention, really, of, of malice or anything. It's just, oops, here you go. It, like, I almost wanted to play that, um, that, like, uh, that, what's that music? The the Benny Hill the theme song? Music? Oh, like, yeah. Like, in the background? <laughs> every time she just... Yes. Yeah, every time she just accidentally killed somebody, it's like, oops, well, that went too far. Uh, okay. And then while Eric is and, and like... While Eric's yes. masturbating in the background, it, yeah. Exactly. So to me, it was just like, how is this... So you set up Salinger for eight, seven or eight episodes, and we're now shifting to this, where we're just going into straight-up comedy, minus the music. I, I just couldn't take it seriously at that point. Yeah, it. the tone was all over the place. Like, they, they couldn't decide. Like, the, the thing that is so good about season one is that it has that dark humor from Jessica. But for the most part, the tone is pretty consistent throughout. Like, you know that this is not going to be a happy show. There's some shit that happens here. And so, and I think that with season three, at least, they tried really hard to slip in some of that classic Marvel humor especially coming from Jessica and it didn't work on top of like you said the ridiculous na nature with which Trish becomes this villain because it, it's all just mistakes and like it was really funny because I think the first time I noticed it was when she pushed the um one of these henchmen's moms into like the steel pipe thing and I'm like how did that happen and then there was like several moments of like that of like that in the season uh, it, I don't know. It, it was too silly for my take. Uh, Nicole, what were your thoughts, though, on Trisha's storyline? Um, disclaimer first. I, it was so hard for me to watch episode five onwards that I really didn't watch it properly. <laughs> so I watched, um, after episode seven, I skipped all the way to the last episode and then watched kind of backwards and fast forwarded through a lot because I just couldn't watch it so I I have a rough idea of what happened to Trish but like even like the moments that you guys were talking about with Eric I was like oh I had no idea that happened <laughs> but I like I will say that um like Salinger and maybe the actor who portrayed him did such a good job in just 
kind of creeping me out too much with his character that I just like really couldn't like take it when he was on screen and it was really hard for me to like actually watch it um but um so when Trish eventually killed him I was kind of like I really didn't care <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. kind of glad that that was done um <laughs> but I I I so I saw the ending and her going to the raft first before I saw any of between 8 to, to 11. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I thought that, so Jen actually kind of predicted that this was going to happen, right, in our last podcast. And so I could hear Jen's voice yet again going, ha, I hate this. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> I do hate this. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Like I will, I will I, concede that they yeah. did it a whole lot better than I thought that they would. Okay, with Trisha's okay. descent, I will concede yeah. that like it did happen in a more believable manner than I thought was going mm-hmm. to happen. So, kudos to them, to I that. guess. But anyway, go like on. her mom um, being killed by Sandra was actually surprising. But you're right, like that. I that that sort of um, traumatic moment did really push her over, and I think she. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say I was a fan of it, but I was more happy to watch the interaction between her and Jessica versus the two of them against Salinger, who I just hated. Um, and so in that sense, like, I was kind of relieved that they were kind of going through that, even through the end. And um, I, although, yeah, I kind of wish that, that they didn't, necessarily put Trish in that position at the end but I kind of get it and I'm kind of ambivalent although I am glad that they gave David Tennant a line at the very 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 end of 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 course I was kind of like oh yay thanks (laughs) let me me ask you since you you brought it up um what do you think that meant do you think that was like a kind of like a flashback or a uh, of uh, something that happened in Jessica's past? Was it Jessica reaffirming, okay, I have to be the hero? Or was it like one of those mind tricks that, that was like left over from Kilgrave back in the day? Like, what do you think that, that scene was? I think it's either a mind trick or it's Jessica actually sort of trying to re- like subconsciously regurgita- regurgitating her past since she's effectively kind of like failed Trish right in this way and so she's very traumatized and she's not really sure what to do and she um is thinking about skipping town but all of a sudden she hears Kilgrave's voice and uh, I think it's it's probably one or the other and I'm kind of leaning more towards her trying to um justify why she should stay despite all the crappy stuff that's just happened also, mm. I did not realize that Rebecca de Mornay played um, Trisha's mom <laughs> until now. <laughs> Wait, you know what's really funny is I actually just discovered that too today. Yeah, I had like no idea that that was her. So she yeah, did a really good job. I think I yeah. was... She did. I think I was looking up The Graduate for some reason and I was like, oh, hey, that's you. So what what I was going to say about the Kilgrave thing, I think, is I think that there is um, 
a deeper message that could be seen there and maybe could be explored potentially is like this impact that um, abusers can have on a person and how, you know, through there's obviously so much bad with them, right? Like they they've done these things and uh, they leave a lasting effect on the person that they abuse. And so no matter how you've overcome them, how you've, you know, worked to escape their grasp, there's still a part of you that is always going to be fighting that battle against them. And so you can either kind of continue fighting it or embrace it for what it is in, in a weird, complicated kind of way. And... Um, and so, and I think that for a lot of people, um, I mean, obviously let's, let's not mix words. Like Kilgrave was a terrible, horrible, very bad person. And abusers like that are terrible, very bad, horrible people. But the thing that is difficult with abusers is that this isn't, that isn't how humanity works, right? Like, so you have a terrible person, but there might be parts of them that are still good. And so like without like getting into too much detail for me, but like, uh, you know, I have one in my past, but the thing is, is that I look at him and I go, but he's so smart and we have a lot in common and we have a lot of the same interest. And so I think for Jessica Jones, with Kilgrave, like there's probably still those those small pieces of, of Kilgrave that are hard to reconcile where she knows he's right. Because he was an intelligent man. He had this hold over her. And so I think that that's one of those things that they maybe could have touched on a little bit with the nature of trauma, PTSD, and abuse that they that they do pretty well throughout Jessica Jones is that hey, you have this abuser, but these abusers aren't, like, 100% evil. You know, like, there are still parts of them that, for better or for worse, that makes it way more complicated for the abused party, is that they're, like, 90% evil. How do you reconcile that other 10%? And so I think at the end there with Jessica, like, Kilgrave being the one to make this good suggestion for her to not give up and quit, is a very complicated, nuanced moment that shouldn't be met with her just walking away and smiling and go, yeah, he's right. So, like, I don't know. I mean, that, that was like a really long roundabout way for me to get to that point. No, no, but it was very informative. I, so my I thing totally is, is that w- with season three is that there is a lot of potential good there, but they dragged it out for far too freaking long. Like, I think that if they had introduced Salinger... A whole lot sooner. Not at the end of freaking episode four. four. Are you yeah. kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. They should have. They should have introduced him at the end of episode one, early se- episode two, something, and then get to where the uh, the season ends around episode seven. Yeah. I'll and you then that. you can have your Trish redemption arc in the tail half. Because again, like I said in the last podcast, I think that the people in Jessica Jones are their own enemies. So you don't need to have, like, a big bad mm-hmm. 
going through the season. You don't need to have a kill grave every season. You don't need to have, um, uh, I don't even remember who it was for season two, her mom's name. I don't even remember her mom's name. That's so terrible. Jessica's mom. Jessica's mom. Jessica's mom. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was trying to think of her name, but, um, you don't need to have that. Like for Jessica, you could have her grappling with, you know, Kilgrave's influence and then trying to help Trish get through her own Kilgrave with Salinger and this, this person that he has kind of helped create her to be in Hellcat and, um, you know, reconciling that like, and so, and then it doesn't end on such a, for me, such a, like a sour note. Yeah. Um, so, let me throw this out there. What was the point of Salinger exactly? I have no idea. I hate him. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Honest, honest to goodness, horrible character. Okay, here's the I thing. Because th- like, think... a lot of the middle season was Jessica versus Salinger, Jessica versus Salinger, which is why mm-hmm. when they killed him off, I was like, what the hell was the point of this? They kept him around for way too long. The fact that they were, in a weird way, trying to redeem him. Her protecting him from Trish was the dumbest thing that I've ever seen. Like, it was so infuriating to watch as a fan. It was, but I felt like a lot of the Salinger storyline was just to show that Jessica was a PI. That, oh, okay, she did things. And it, like, it served as, like, a plot purpose for all the other stories. Or, like, not a purpose, but a device. So, like, because of the Salinger thing, you had Hogarth. And her associates and what they did. And And you had Malcolm investigating. Yeah. 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 So, like, it served a way to kind of structure that backbone. But did it actually serve a purpose for the storyline? No, not at all. So it was kind of annoying. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I, I just, I don't like him as a character. I think that somebody, whoever made, like, the way that they wrote this character, it felt like, all right, yeah, we're gonna make this dude perfect but he's gonna be evil like the fact that he's so intelligent and he's got all of these different things and he's got this like really misguided view of who has earned what and it just felt like a very hollow character and yeah in his own way a a caricature and i just Mm -hmm. he's not compelling to me at all as a villain he wasn't interesting his the acting behind him felt like so over the top and unnecessary. Dude, the wrestling scene made me laugh. Just like, <laughs> oh my is gosh! This here? Yes. Yeah. And he's like, "Come on, little boys, look what hard work really is." And I'm like, "Are you are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> he's he's not. He's definitely not kidding you right now. So, I don't know. I, I just. I won't say it's the worst season of a Marvel show that I've ever watched, but it was definitely very, very disappointing. Yeah, it was hard to get through for, I think, all of us. Mm-hmm. This was definitely the worst for me ever. Really? Like, I, yeah, like I'd never, ha- like, had this much of an aversion to even Iron Fist, like, the last season. Like, I still watched all of it in sequence. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Hey, you know what else worked? Although against? I haven't seen Luke yeah. Cage yet, like the last Luke Cage yet, so I'll reserve judgment. But so far, at least, I I liked half of the last Luke Cage, but it, it also felt like it went kind of along. Um, this one had something against it though, in that it was the last of the Marvel shows, 
So like True. any sort of motivation to to watch this was solely if you were a Jessica Jones fan, you know? Yeah, that's true. Although I, I kind of wish because they had known that they were going to end that they could have done a better job. But, well, it goes out with a poof. <laughs> a part of me Agreed. thinks that their better job was the Trish storyline in the last four episodes. Like, that might have been what they slapped on at the end mm-hmm. to try to do it just because they knew that it was ending. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. They're probably not going to tell us until many years later, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's funny because, again, the storyline has so much potential, but overall, it was just poorly executed. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> Thoughts on Malcolm and Hogarth since we didn't give them any shots out or shout outs? I, I just, I just didn't have that connection to them Malcolm a little more than Hogarth um but they just felt like exaggerated versions of their former selves yeah Hogarth to me her story just went exactly like where it started so I didn't see a point to her at all this season which is kind of upsetting yeah it's it, it she felt very much like filler and like oh we just need to give her something to do and yes you know she she didn't want to die alone but she is still at the very end and did she learn anything from it no so that's kind of like what was the point yeah yeah exactly yeah at least malcolm you know technically gets uh alias investigations after just handed her handed him her keys but since she's not really leaving i don't really know what like is that still the case or not but i also kind of missed what happened to him a little bit so you guys can fill me in like he broke up with like he and zaya broke up right yeah they broke up because he cheated on her he cheated on her with the prostitute with the sister right okay sister yeah yeah did he quit end up quitting um he did end up quitting um he quit because they were representing um salinger Salinger, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't miss too much then. All right. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he went back to Alias and did the Alias thing. He what had another to... slip up with the sister. And then he ends uh, up getting back with his girlfriend. Okay. What happened to Jessica's other secretary or assistant? Don't know. I think she's Oh, they never... There. Okay. Oh, is she still there with Malcolm? Yeah, I think they're just working okay. together. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad she's alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's alive. Okay. I enjoyed her. I wish that she had had more. Yeah. Agreed. And I thought, thought it was cool that they featured a trans character that, like, they didn't make that the whole thing. It was like, oh, okay, this person's here. You know. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. What did you guys think of um, the Luke Cage cameo bit at the end, too? It was unnecessary and it was fan service. Hardcore <laughs> fan service because a lot of people said, oh my god, that was the best thing about the last episode. So, yeah. Yeah, I was really confused why he was there. <laughs> yeah, but so was everybody yeah. else. <laughs> so, uh, so, final thoughts on on this end of end of I guess the end of Marvel on Netflix. 
Oh my god. Ooh, that's oh a goodness. whole other that's conversation. A, that's a big conversation there. The end of Marvel. <laughs> let's do, let's talk about it. Let's do it. Let's do it since we have a lot of time still. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you don't want to, in which case I'll talk about it for 15 minutes. Okay, go. No, let's do I it. Hear. Do it. Oh, wait, seriously? I was kidding. But, yeah. Uh, no. Even a, you can say a little bit at least. Yeah. Um all right. So a lot of this was just business. Uh, business as usual. Uh, Disney wants to make a profit, so why not mm-hmm. do their Disney Plus streaming service, hence the ending of Marvel. Um, there were a lot of gems from the Marvel uh, Netflix universe. Uh, Daredevil was uh, very amazing. Jessica Jones, the first season. Uh, Punisher, which I really liked. Uh, Iron Fist, not so much. And The Defenders was kind of where it all kind of came to like this messy halt mm-hmm. um tried doing something ambitious they tried uh making more grounded superheroes and i think uh for tv especially and mm-hmm. i think it it definitely changed the landscape of what superheroes could do on television uh but i also think that given the failure of defenders it seemed like netflix just wanted to peace out like they they didn't really do much to try to keep these titles or these ips and now it's just really confusing um, because we're entering this new age of uh, superheroes on television. DC has mm-hmm. their own streaming app. Netflix is picking up Sandman, uh, which is crazy. And uh, yeah, Mar- and obviously Marvel's going to Disney+. Plus. Uh, so it was revolutionary for its time. It tried to be more adult. Uh, Netflix on Marvel had this really golden age opportunity relationship thing, but like many relationships, they kind of just ran its course. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else I could say. So, I mean, I think you, you really kind of nailed it. Yep. Nailed it there. That kind of sounds like you wrote it already. And then we're just (laughs) reading off a paper like, damn, nice job. Um, I mean, I agree. I think that. Um, the first seasons of Jessica Jones and Daredevil are still some of the best superhero shows that we've had. And the introduction of Daredevil was a game changer for a lot of the superhero stuff, especially for Marvel and having such a dark TV show, mm-hmm. not shying away. The choreography and the fighting, um, the cinematography through that first season was so good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of shows have kind of learned from that and taken from it and incorporated it in their own way. Um, I will say it's a little disheartening that the the Marvel shows on Netflix have kind of petered out in the last couple of years. Um, I I think probably around the time that Punisher came out, I stopped being as in, as invested in these shows. Um, and I think that comes down to the storytelling and the fact that for whatever reason, they seem to have pigeonholed them, pigeonholed themselves into having 13 episodes for a season. And Punisher is a prime example. Um, this season of Jessica Jones is a prime example. Luke Cage is a pretty good example of the fact that sometimes when you tell a story, you don't need to fill out a certain amount of episodes and you can just 
tell the story at hand and leave it be. And if it's only eight episodes, then it's only eight episodes and that's fine. Uh, and I, I just, I wish that more shows would kind of take that into account when they're telling these stories. Like either, either you embrace the fact that you're going to have like your monster of a week of the week storytelling, or you're going to tell a story and make that story work as well instead of drawing out these episodes. And so like with Jessica Jones, even there was an episode in season three where Jessica spends the entire episode trying to track down a woman that she thinks that Salinger is going to kill. Oh yeah. And that episode Mm -hmm. was so long. I felt like I was watching that episode for four hours. Which is a shame because that ending was the whole Cause point. Because the of ending it. is so good, right? Yeah, which is the point of that episode, I think. It's to make you not pay attention so that when you're away doing something else, you miss a big key moment. Because that's what happened to me. <laughs> and I like, and I, and, and and that's frustrating too for me, because the fact that it's it's like the fact that you have to end on these cliffhangers, which seems unnecessary for Netflix. Because you're binge-watching it anyway. You don't need to have a cliffhanger. So, tell your story as it is. You don't need to give me filler for episodes freaking 6 through 10 so that I can get to the really good, meaty parts in episodes 11 through 13. It's, it's incredibly frustrating that it feels like that's what these shows devolve to. Absolutely. But, and I think that putting out the seasons of shows that they did are going to have a negative effect on a lot of the ones that they try to do in the future. Because we're going to question like, can Netflix maintain a show? Can Net- can Netflix have a show that is good beyond the first season? I'm just going to throw this out there. Sandman's moving to Netflix, so I'm very horrified by that statement, but yes. I really hope they can. <laughs> I mean, I hope that they can, too. Because Sandman is my favorite comic book of all time. So, like, kind of a big deal. Um, Nicole, what are your thoughts on Netflix and superheroes? Um, I do mostly agree with you guys. And I did really love the fact that they kind of, they did go with, like, a much darker tone compared to, you know, other Marvel shows on other networks like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, you know, The Runaways on Hulu, even Cloak and Dagger on Freeform, and that um, at least, like, I actually really highly enjoyed seasons one through three of Daredevil, and, like, I felt like that was pretty I thought season three of Daredevil was amazing. Yeah, like, I really liked it. It was such, it was, it, 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 that's the way I feel like if you were going to edit a series, like you should do it that way. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that in the future, um, potential new kind of Marvel shows will, won't shy away from like going darker as well, just because if done correctly, like it can be so satisfying and gritty and like, um, so much fun to watch. And, um, and hopefully, you know, we will get that on the new Disney streaming service, but who knows? Um, Ooh, did you hear yourself just there? <laughs> yeah. Cause from what I understand too, Disney plus is they're going the opposite direction. 
Oh God, really? They're oh. going Happy Disney because <laughs> it's oh, all MCU like, characters. So yeah. yeah. So uh, so the MCU if that's can be pretty yeah. dark. Yeah, especially Daredevil. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about the cinematic. So like. So, like they're gonna yeah, go... like with Wanda and Vision, right? Yeah. Falcon and um, oh, Winter, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Winter Soldier, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's the case, then there is a li- likelihood that we're not gonna see um, like the Marvel television stuff anymore. Then is that the case? Or I mean, we're getting we're getting Ghost Rider on Hulu, but uh, <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. I, okay. I don't know how that's gonna be, but we'll we'll find out. <laughs> <sighs> In any case, yep. I am cautiously op- not optimistic, but hopeful that this type of show does kind of resurrect and in one fashion or another. And I don't know where or when, though. It's funny because I feel like in three years they're just going to bring everything back. And like, you think in three everything? years they'll bring everything back? I think if it goes in the direction that I'm thinking which is Disney Plus doesn't take off immediately the way that they think. I think in three years, they'll totally bring all these shows back. Hmm. Would they bring oh. it on their own net- on, on Disney streaming, though, or will they resurrect it with Netflix, do you think? Uh, I would say Hulu. Hulu makes the most oh. sense to me. Huh, okay. Do you think they'll bring back, like, the same actors and stuff? Why not? I mean, it comes down to how well Disney Plus does, does in my opinion. Because if, it, if it's great, then they don't really need to. But if it's not the biggest hit and Marvel starts for some reason or another not doing as well as it, they are expecting Phase 4 to be, then I can see them bringing this back, absolutely. Hmm. I know that's a bold statement because it's like right now Disney and Marvel and everything Disney related seems flawless. But I think that's usually the time when these things happen. You know, mm. yeah, especially with all the competition coming out. Hmm. We shall see. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you don't think it's coming back? I think back? they would. I don't think it's coming back. Yeah, I think. I, I I think that I think that they're done with it. I think that they would rather try to do something on their own because then they run the risk of uh, the comparison. Oh yeah, that's true. And uh, I don't think they want that. Although, do you, have you guys run anything about whether or not... Because um, you know how there is that divide between the MCU and the television side? But is that something that they're going to try to, you know, sort of bridge over so that everything can be on one on their on their own platform instead of necessarily you know licensing licensing out like the content to like hulu and stuff um from my understanding the whole reason the uh the disney plus platform was happening was to appeal to the uh the marvel cinematic universe people because they did not get along with everyone else so Interesting. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the rumor I heard on on a lot of huh. the internet sites, because yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently, apparently the MCU, the cinematic universe, they mm-hmm. wanted to do their own shows because they wanted something a little bit more PG thirteen and lighthearted, and also they didn't like the direction that Netflix and all the other series had gone because apparently those series takes take a lot of input from Marvel comics themselves. As compared to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who takes a lot of input from Disney. 
Ah. Disney's looking to profit. Okay. Marvel Comics is looking for purism. Very different approaches to to how you create content. Huh. I see. Yeah. I could link an article thing, too, but I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) We can Google it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you can just Google it. Uh, Listeners, yeah. Well, that was very informative. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really into this stuff. But, um... Yeah, I, any final thoughts on Jessica Jones or something? Are we good, Zs? Like, yeah. I think I'm good. I yeah. I think I'm good, yeah. I've I've vented all I need to vent. I think everybody knows how I feel about it. <laughs> so. I'm glad I survived it. <laughs> it you funny. really protected yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, doing like the abridged version. <laughs> smart, smart. Yeah. Uh, it was so hard. <laughs> Alright, well, on that note, uh, this has been TV Talk episode 16. I'm uh, Christian. You can follow me on the work print, uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, XN underscore Angelus or XN Angelus. Yep, that's it. Uh, Jen and Nicole? Uh, if you want to follow me, I am on Twitter at Jen Steyruck. And I am on Twitter at NIXE. And thank you once again for listening, everyone. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right. And I don't know what we have planned next. Possibly uh, Stranger Things. We need to oh, talk yes. about that right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's a teaser for everyone listening to Jessica Jones. All right. Have a good week and enjoy and RIP Marvel uh, Netflix. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.